This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. Today we want to take a glimpse into the modern life of Haredi women in Israel. As we've all come to know, the young Haredi Israeli scene has been showcased in popular shows like Shtisel. However, as modern lifestyles present an array of challenges, Haredi women are also burdened with difficult choices between pursuing a career or starting a family, studying for a degree, and navigating the unique Haredi dating scene. Our special guest today is none other than Efrat Finkel, a prominent Haredi journalist. With a rich background in reporting on various topics, Efrat brings a unique perspective to the table. As a member of a family of rabbis, including Rabbi Chaim Ze'ev Finkel, head of the Talmud Yeshiva in Tel Aviv, and an overseer at the Mir Yeshiva in Jerusalem, her life is a bridge between Haredi and modern lifestyles. With an impressive resume, including reporting for prominent Israeli outlets such as Walla, Channel 20, now 14, and most recently Channel 13, Efrat has made a career by breaking barriers and glass ceilings. Coincidentally, <laughs> she is also the first Orthodox Haredi woman to appear on our podcast. Yay. We couldn't be more thrilled to have her on the show today as we explore the challenges and triumphs of young Haredi women in Israel. I had to ask you, first of all, thank you so much for joining. Oh, thank you. Why, why do you laugh? Me. Do you not see yourself as I a... I love it. <laughs> okay. So many compliments. I never heard like so much. So what do you think about the reforms in the... No, it's a joke. It's a joke, guys. We're not talking about that because we did like... We fight. had we did so like, much already. <laughs> we did like 10 episodes about it, so no. It's, uh, it was a joke. Let's talk about... Uh, I mean, we might... Uh, don't like completely <laughs> rule it out. We might touch on it. Um, but uh, where should we start? I kind of... I, I want to... I, it's actually so timely because I had a conversation just this last Shabbat with uh, my, my... I won't say who, but with someone. An um, acquaintance. An acquaintance uh, about uh, the Haredi community. First, I want to ask you, because we're going to be talking about the Haredi community. Okay. How representative are you of the Haredi community? Or what Haredi community are you representative of? Not that you're a representative. I'm not asking you to be one. Of but course I'm, saying, I'm not. But like, I, I always say that I think that if you would ask me, I do feel like a kind of a representative most of the time. But I think if you would ask them, I don't know who's them, yeah? But if you ask them if I represent them, most of them would say, like, absolutely not. But I think that maybe I'm just a very good example for the fact that, like, there is really not one type, like, of being Haredi, yeah? You just, we, there's so many of us and, like, so many types. Um, I come from a Litvish, you know, Litvish family, very Haredi, like it considered like very Haredi, you know, it's a Rabbanim family, but it's, it's not an extreme like family. If you would, I don't know if you would go, probably you all know about, I don't know, Meashari and let's take an ex a very extreme example. So like, obviously that's not the type of family I come from, but like if, how much of the Haredi community is Meashari? Mm, is that like not a big even, part of it? I'm, I'm not sure, even like 5%, no, maybe even less. Okay. 
I don't really know oh, the numbers. Have Google, like... which is also pretty extreme, so way bigger. So I think if you if you go really big, then you you can divide the Haredi people to three like groups. Okay, it's Hasidish, Litvish, and Sephardi people. Okay, mm-hmm. Haredi world like Ashkenazi and Sephardi are very like like really divide segregated. Can you you yeah, I'm gonna bring the content. You bring the nice words. We're gonna okay. have no, make it doing, work. Yeah, we're gonna make it work together. So, so I'm just gonna watch. <laughs> when you, so you have the Litvish families, and like when you go to the Hasidish world, so obviously you have so many types of Hasidim. Yeah, as Gul, this is the biggest. That's the biggest um, um, Hasidut. They have, I think, maybe ten thousand families. That's the biggest one. Bells, maybe Bells, the second one. Also very similar, maybe 8,000, something like that. And then families. you have, yeah, families. And then you have like tons of, I say tons, it's like tons, maybe 20, 30, 40, I don't know, different um, chasiduyot. And each, each of them, like, I don't know, very different numbers. So I come from the Litvish world. I don't know if I should take you back to you the... You should, you should, you should. Should yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the differences we between Chassidim and Litvish. Yeah, and Okay, absolutely. we have to go something like maybe... Um, 200 years ago, if you go to Europe, like it's just started. I don't know how to say that in English. Yeah. Enlightenment. Enlightenment. Movement. Mm-hmm. I should have known that. Um, then it started and then the, the very, very, um, real, the religious world kind of like, I don't know, they, it's, like it hit the ball, like they didn't really know what's happening to them. Many religious people started to go to colleges and like universities, whatever that was there. And it felt like it's... It was a crisis. Okay, sort of of a crisis. And they felt like it's, um, the floor is a bit shaky. So then the Hasidut, I'm I'm being quite shallow, yeah? Yeah, of course. Very, very deep to go there. But like then Hasidut kind of started. And if I want to say that in one, two lines, the idea was that Judaism until Hasidut was something that only like maybe very clever people could practice. Like you you have to be like a big learner and a big masmid. Like you sit in, in Beit HaMidrash the entire day. You work Hashem, you study the Torah, you study everything. But there are many, many, many very simple Jews like in Europe that this way of working Hashem like doesn't really work for them. It only keeps them very far. Like they can't do that. They're simple people. They leave the house. They go to work. I don't know. They go to the field, whatever they do. So then Hasidut started and like everything in Judaism, like many fights and these rabbis are here. These rabbis are there. And like Chadash Asur Torah, you know, the, the password like this Chadash Asur Torah is something that you say. The new is um, restricted. Yeah, by like exactly. The thank you. So it said about um, trees, something with trees. The like you can't eat something that's less than three or four years, whatever. Mm. So people are like are borrowing this um, phrase, concept. yeah, to a- any new thing you want to do. Yeah, let's say if, even these days, if you want to start something new, I don't know, a new way of learning, whatever something so people would come over and say and you, and you Hasidit, okay. if i want naniach, to start naniach. so <laughs> they would obviously be against and say so that's a phrase like they use a lot mm-hmm. so they said also about Hasidut. 
people di- didn't really know where it's going. So that's the start of it. And then started like a lot of Hatserot. Hasidut has like, it's, it, it, it comes from the, yeah, it comes from the, like the, the, the idea of a yard, like there was a rabbi, the rabbi had a house, and like all the Hasidim used to sit outside in the yard and like, I don't know, wait for the rabbi to finish uh, davening, wait for the rabbi to finish eating on Shabbat, whatever. So the gathering of, of Hasidim in the Chatzer, in the yard, so it's called Chatzer, but even though today has nothing to do with the Chatzer, they don't really sit physically in one place, yeah? But they have a building, they have a yeshiva building or a synagogue building or whatever, every, every chassidut. So now, it started before the Holocaust, yeah? Kol, uh, Europe was um, loaded with um, chassidut, many, many types of chassidut. And then they came to Israel after the Holocaust and they built everything. Um, they built everything like from the start. And now chassidut are very, very big. And the main thing is, that's what I would say in like in a line, the main difference between being Litvish like me and being Hasid is that we don't have a certain rabbi. We are very independent. Like if I want to decide, let's say, for example, I just got married. Yeah, we said we're going <laughs> to. I'm sorry. That's the only thing I talk. Spoiler about. alert. Yeah. So I decided alone. Like, if that's like the guy. A, we need to have, like, a mazel tov, a simchat tov, a mazel tov, <laughs> yeah. tov a mazel, yeah, you should like add that. <laughs> no, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to go every minute. I'm just going <laughs> to remind that all the time. So I I actually had no one to ask, like, if that's the guy for me, that's not the guy for me. I, I'm ve- basically very independent, and I would say it's, it's quite similar to you. Like, I'm an independent person. Every decision I, I make, I make on my own. Obviously, I have my parents. You also have your parents. You don't have to be religious for that. So, But that goes for all Litvis? Ken, that's the main idea. Obviously, some Litvish are now very Hasidish in their spirit. And they found someone they admire. And they go to him. And they go every Shabbat. They only daven with him. They only eat with him, whatever. But that's not the essence of being Litvish. Being Litvish means... Obviously, you have a rabbi, mainly for halacha stuff. Like, you don't know halacha, so you go ask, yeah? Not all of us know all halacha. Like, it's a lot of things to know. Mm-hmm. So if I come to, I don't know, I have a question. Specific, oh, now I'm just going to give you an example. We rent an apartment, and it used to be an Airbnb apartment, meaning a lot of people used the kitchen, the oven, many stuff. So we wanted to ask the rav how exactly we we have to prepare the the oven to our use because maybe it was it was um, milchi in it it was it was fleshig it was everything together so my husband doesn't know by heart all types of halachas because he never faced like the mm. need um to make the oven kosher so but it's not like in other sects of Haredi life where it's like that torah where where they go and they ask the rabbis about everything about so if they should we open a business. We don't have to do that. We can do that. I'm allowed to do that. But like, I would find it similar to to maybe living a secular life and then just going for advice to someone that you consider smart. Yeah, and, you're, you're shrink. Yeah. yeah. Ex- and how many? So obviously, I can't, I can't really compare because it's not a shrink. It's someone you go to and you believe that he has a special sight and he really sees things that you can't see because he is so deeply in Torah. And like his whole vision of life is is way more clear than what I can yeah. see and what like you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just it's kidding. very hard for me this um, to, to compare. Okay. But yeah, that 
it might be a good example. Like I would find a Rav who I find an extremely clever person, an extremely tzaddik, I don't know, has a very bright vision, whatever, then I can decide I, I want to make this person my Rav and I can ask him whatever I want, but I don't need to. Mm-hmm. And we don't ha- really have this culture of asking everything. It's more of a belief that like you have the Torah and like you have to study and you have to know what to do. If you don't know, if you come to a question that you can't decide alone, whatever, go ask someone, but mainly for halacha, for good or bad, allowed, not allowed. And can- Being Hasidish is literally like living your life with someone right there by your side telling you, I don't think necessarily forcing you, um, and obviously various types of Hasidim, like various types of rules and whatever and culture. But like basically you have someone with you all the time. If I would be Hasidish when I was 18, you come, you become 18, then name of boys come up. You can go, you can go to the Rav with like three, four names and the Rav says this one. And the, the Latvish, Litvish and Hasidic communities don't really mix. Do you have friends that are Hasidic, that are... Friends, first of all, it's always up to you. Like, how open-minded you are, how friendly you are. But, like, Litvish and Hasidim don't always even live in the same neighborhoods. Like, mm-hmm. I do live in a, my, my parents. Like, I was raised in a mixed um, mixed neighborhood. Mixed meaning we had Sephardi people, we had Hasidish, we had Litvish. But, like, you can go some areas, mainly in Jerusalem, but also B'nai Brak and, like, also El Ad, you know, areas with uh, with Haredi people. Um, you have like, let's say, complete neighborhoods. Everyone is Hasidish, yeah. But it it it, it is mixed, but like, it's not mixed in Shiduchim, for example. It's very, very, very rare, very rare, to see a Litvish marrying Hasidish. Mostly because the Hasidish rabbis won't permit it. Bichlalo, I don't think that's the reason. I think that. Um, First of all, they won't even go to the Rav to ask. Like, Litvish won't want to marry the Hasidish, and Hasidish don't want to marry the Litvish. It's like, it's such a different culture. Like, for me, I was single till till I was 29, okay? <gasps> Being, yeah, exactly. It's even better than the muzzles of sound. Like, <laughs> it's the exact sound of... Like, vey. <laughs> <laughs> being 29 and a single um, Haredi, it's, it's quite a rare thing. It's less rare these days, but whatever. It's a big problem. And I would never consider dating someone Hasidish. What about Mizrahi? Closer. I could have married a Mizrahi. But how would the family, <laughs> maybe not your parents, but the, the, the larger family, let's say, how would they react to that? People can ask, like people can say, wow, she, I don't know if they would ask, but like maybe, maybe if me at the age of 30, I would marry someone's party, like they would, they can, okay, she because waited. Because it's a compromise. Yeah, yeah. But she, if it was, when you were 20 it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen i'll tell you if i would be like a modern girl maybe walking i don't know getting to know boys by myself um like doing what i do i do it today but today i'm very mature but like if i would do uh when i was 18 19 i would go out drink beer go to bars like with my friends that are boys like it just doesn't happen like i didn't have any way to meet 
a Mizrahi guy. Like, where would I meet him? So maybe tell us now that we can, we talked about how we want to kind of understand the life of a, tell us how you met your husband, can you? And yeah, uh, sure. how that kind of, so it's, it's, how it came to be. It's a very, it's, it's quite a boring story, but it's funny because I was, you know, again, I was 29. I went through so much and I have the weirdest stories about how I met guys. And this was in America and Miami when I was at a trip, whatever. My husband was just a shidduch. Like, um, he's, ah, that might be an interesting fact because his sisters followed me on Instagram. Mm. So they got to know me. And they knew me for like maybe a year or two before we dated. And like they told him, okay, that girl, like <laughs> she's right for you. But then he didn't want to date me because I was on television and whatever. He's like just a yeshiva guy. Why would he think about it? And then like maybe two years after he just said, okay, like I will. And, and what then- does that mean, date? Like what? what Wait, he hit like? you up on Instagram or what? No, no, no. He oh. doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> okay. He doesn't have Instagram. He, he, he only watched. He only watched me like on on his like siblings' phones. Like they used to sh- to show me to him. Ah, okay. Um, but then it was just a shidduch. Like it was a regular shidduch. Like he called my his sister is friend with my friend so she mm. called my friend and said hi my brother want to date Afat. so she called me and said he wants to date me and that was it but i think your question is a very good question because everybody says what's what's a date so that's also very different between the litvish and hasidish uh, um worlds and this is one of the biggest biggest um we say machlokes i don't know how to say this um in english but yeah disagreements maybe disagreements. like most of Hasidic people, first of all, they get married very young. And I don't want to be too harsh. I don't want to say that they don't have a choice because I'm sure most of them, most of them do have a choice. But like you basically, the parents do all the work. Like they, they can do like the try to find out details about you for maybe a month, two months. They make so many phone calls. If they want to find out about a boy, they're going to call his roommates. They're going to call his his rabbis, his neighbors to see how nice he's in the building. Does he say hello to the women in the building? He doesn't say hello. Many, many layers yeah, of being Hasidish. Like you can be Hasidish in so many ways and levels. If also he says litvish. hello to the women in the building, that's, what, that's, that's a, good? Some some might think it's good. Some might think it's less. It's just another para- data. Yeah, data. exactly. Exactly. And there's so much data to collect, like so, so, so much data. So the parents do all the work. And then if they find out that's a great guy for the daughter, then really the daughter doesn't have anything like to check on paper. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm just saying what's the method. So they can go out one time or two times. doesn't play a role at all. Yeah. So I guess if the girl goes out and she says like, I can't look at him, then the parents would let her say no, I guess. Also, I think it depends on what house like you grew up. If, I don't know if you have a loving, caring, I guess all parents are loving and caring, but like if you have the parents who are very, lis- like are going <laughs> to listen to you more, some parents are going to listen less. I don't know. I was raised very differently. In the Litvish um, world, you're just going to date as much as you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dated my husband four times. And I was 29, meaning most of us are going to get married quite soon. Yeah, we, we, it's very rare to go out for like months. 
It doesn't happen, but like, like you date, you went on four dates with your husband. Okay, so again, we got to go back. What's a what's a date? How long was the date? Okay, so the date for a Hasidic world is usually happens at home. The boy comes over to the girl's home. They sit in the living room. They give them I don't know an hour, an hour and a half. And then whatever, somebody's knocking on the door, telling them they have to go. Some get engaged that evening. Like Isn't that problematic, time. though, to be in the same room in a closed door? No, because so many people are outside. Like It's about, okay. They so. can, the, the whole, the yichud, um, halacha, like if you can be in one room or can't. So one of the, um, netunim, no uh, Parameters. Parameters. Parameters, if, if somebody can open the door and come in or can't. Ah, okay. So if somebody can come in and okay. open the door at every minute, then yeah. it's not But a this is the Hasidic So that's world. the Hasidish. You're so Litvish. the Litvish world, the world yeah. that I come from, the parents are obviously going to find out. They're going to do the, the phone calls, but they're going to do the phone calls for two, three days just to find out that it's a nice person, that everybody say nice things about him. But then it's basically your decision. And like you can go out most, if I would give you average of our house, like my, we're five married already, so I can give you some average. I think maybe average eight to 10 times that we went out together. Dates? Yes, and this could last. Amongst the five children. Yes. And they're I all married. I think average. And on average, they went out with their with their spouses before the marriage. They went out eight to ten times. I think I, I can say that. So you were quick. Yeah. I'm very quick. Okay. I mean, and for I was someone oldest. so slow who took it, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> she was quick. Yeah, I'm also, I was also quick for, if, for being 19. I mean, even when I, if I would be 19 and, mm-hmm. and meet my husband and marry him, like get engaged after four times, my, par- my parents would say, are you sure? Like you don't need more time. Like there was really no pressure at most houses. Yeah. I'm, Wait, but I'm, I'm saying so something curious. that's very... What's, what's the date? Okay, so, okay. sorry. Yeah. You guys go to a so restaurant? the date is for us... You go to like a I can synagogue. say that it's a very... <laughs> what would we do in a I don't know. I'm just throwing out like the preconception, so, you know? When you were younger, the date is a hotel. Lobby. Okay. Like no, lobby. lobby. Okay, I was like, wow. Not a, that's not a, a hotel that's, room, yeah, obviously. That's a, it's a curveball. Um, a lobby and like you... So many rules. I can't tell you all the rules, but like if you're very shy, then you're only going to drink water at the first date. Like only maybe third date when you feel more comfortable, then you're going to go eat something. Like I obviously ate on the first date because I was very comfortable. But like, so there are really not so many rules. Like the rule is like to be very polite, you know, the first, second date. And then third date, I don't know, you go for a trip. Like you go to the zoo, you go to the safari, you go to do something together, but like arts and crafts. Movie? I don't know. Not a movie. Yeah, public no. place. Mm-hmm. It, it public ha- place. It's not, not a bar or a club or anything Never. like that. A restaurant? Yes. Can be a first date? Very rare. Depends. It's My too age, intimate. Yeah. My age, yeah. Because it's too... I don't know exactly how to explain. Coupley? maybe too like chilled to maybe romantic maybe Mm -hmm. too close i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe you have to feel too intimate maybe i think you have to feel quite comfortable with a person you go to a restaurant with and there's something in a lobby that's more like polite formal formal. so like maybe third date is going to be less formal and then you can eat and whatever but like really there's no amount of dates you can go on and there's no really rules to where you go. But it's probably frowned upon if 
two people are dating for two years. No, it's not going to really happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause, because because it's outside of the norm. Because you can do that. Meaning you don't date for two years. If it's important getting... for you to be Shomer Nagia and like do everything by halacha, do everything like the the right way, what we consider the right way, you can date someone for two years. Also, you don't really need that. You don't need that because the way we look at marriage is so different than the way the secular world looks at marriage and like. Shomer Nagia, by the way, guys, is uh, for those who are either not Jewish or means you, you're not allowed to touch the other the other sex before marriage. Thank you. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it literally means like a keeping touch. Yeah, yeah. Most religious boys and girls, they get married. They touch each other for the first time. Yeah. Like at the Yichud room, at yeah. the wedding. A Yichud room is like the room where they meet each other for the first time at yeah. the wedding. And it actually happens? Oh, happened to me. Really? It even happens in like non-Haredi weddings. Some people have Some. like a traditional kind of Yehud room. Yeah. Even like traditional Jewish weddings sometimes have it. Mm-hmm. Like my buddy who's not religious at all, they had a Yehud room. Mm. Yeah, like, sometimes it's part of like the, we, the traditional Jewish yeah, ceremony. how traditional you are, how sentimental, yeah. I don't know. yeah, yeah. How much your parents are involved? How much they're so, paying? Your second date, where did you go with this guy? So uh, me and my husband we only go to eat. That's the only thing we okay. do. So we only went to restaurant, and then the restaurant, I don't know, um, kicked us out maybe eleven, eleven thirty. So then we just sat in the car till like five in the morning. And how did you know he's the guy for you? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a cliche, but like, first of all, like when you know, you know, it's like something that you can't really explain. But if I want to be, if I, if I can try, like, I don't know, maybe to explain it's that first of all, I liked everything he said, like before I even had You can feelings. say he was hot. It's okay. <laughs> he still is, <laughs> but it, it really wasn't the reason. It was one of the reasons, but like, <laughs> um, I think I had, I think this is what helped me, by the way, get married, like get engaged by the fourth date because people say, oh, you're so childish. Like you did it like as if you were 19. But I think that the reason we got engaged up for a date four is is because we weren't behaving like we were 19. Like everything was so, so, so on the table and like so open. And like I had a big experience. Like I went out with, I don't know, um, 40 guys I, I, I never counted but like something like that so I think you become very I don't know you just realize so fast you learn like, about yourself you know yourself better yeah that's mm-hmm. that's one thing that's very important but also like I think you learn how to to get out of the person like very quick like a lot of information mm. like if in the past it used to take me five dates, now I can have a half hour with a person and like just ask the right questions and see the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my husband just, besides the fact that like I was sitting in the car and he just knocked on my window and said, like he tried to be like, you know, like, um, what's the word? He tried to be like strict with me in a funny way and said like, you have eight minutes, but like he was so sweet and I was just like melting in the car. Like who's this sweet guy that just knocked on my window? Mm. But basically it was very rational. And I can tell you if I would be like secular, I would never marry him like so soon. Yeah. But like 
first of all, he's, he, I liked everything he said. And like we, we went from topic to topic. And when it comes to, by the way, most of the, most of the talk, like when it comes to first date or second date is about what you believe in. Like we discussed a lot about career stuff and like um, Torah stuff and like, you know, very like all the spiritual world. Um, that for us is like is, is even more than a 50% of marriage. Like we have to see that we're going the same, the same way. I don't know. We want to, we want to share the same values with our kids. Like we, we see the world in the same way. Yeah. yeah. And Which I guess in previous days for some men, it would be an issue that you have such a prosperous career. I think that it looks like that from the outside, but like I had many, many Haredi guys that wanted to date me and didn't and weren't didn't scared care. and didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there was one point that that could be relevant is like in the Haredi world, there's also the Bichlal, I think the, the religious world, um, there's a big value of being like gentle and idle and like not being so loud and that's something that maybe television doesn't always like go together so i think most of the guys who dated me wanted to see that i can be shy sometimes and i'm not this like this um maybe avatar i don't know yeah yeah persona that you see on tv They, they wanted to see like that i'm a nice um sensitive feminine girl i would say mm-hmm. that i think in the secular world there's more place today to to women that are not feminine in the in the traditional way yeah mm-hmm. i don't know they could be feminine in many ways yeah and you have all type of guys and they 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 can like all types of being feminine so this is maybe one point that i felt that in the religious world i still have to be feminine in the way they know <laughs> do do you feel that you're because you're more of a worldly Haredi person, right? You probably meet people of all walks of life, and you work in the in the media and in the news. Come and to you, podcasts in and Tel you Aviv. Come to podcasts in Tel Aviv, and beer. you drink a beer, and you hang out. And do you feel like that life has has influenced you? Has influenced your outlook, and has maybe pulled you slightly away? Meaning, has fulfilled the fears of Haredim of the Haredi world? <laughs> meaning, pulled you away from it. I wish I could say no, but yeah, I think that's inevitable. Like, I think that um, I'm not sure that I'm the I'm the exact good like example because I'm I'm very strong. Like, I'm, I just have this type of personality that I can be I can hang hang like around with like many many secular people and they laugh at something religious and I feel very proud that I'm religious and it's not gonna make me weak that maybe you make fun of me, not you obviously, but like people that are not nice yeah but I, I I promise you it's very hard it's very 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 hard to be like out there and see how fun it is on our side <laughs> it's fun but it's also empty I mean I've, I've had <laughs> I don't want to be like, <laughs> I'm a nice person yeah but like I listen I know you're fun I chose my husband, who's a yeshiva guy, yeah? Mm-hmm. And I was 29. Nobody forced me. I went through so much. I met guys like, you know, some, m- way more religious, way less religious than I was. You know, you grow up, you see many types of guys, many types of people, and I still chose 
um, the exact guy that my parents would want me to choose and the exact guy that I would choose when I was 19, 20, before I got to know the world. Um, this is very rare. I don't want to say that as it would sound like, oh, I'm so special, not in this way, just that I, I knew so hard, like I knew for a fact, like who I am and who I want to be. I don't know how to say this in a polite way, but like I always felt like oh, you're not selling me anything. You know, the maximum you're selling me is fun. Because all the values that I can hear about whatever, democracy, whatever, give all examples you want to give, yeah? I don't need the secular world like to, to, but don't you to think get like to know those values. A woman with a career... Who is independent and strong is a secular value. It's not a Haredi and value. And the basis of it, yeah, of course it is. But like now, so you're living the, the most ba- like the one of the most important aspects of your life. We don't see it as a secular value. We just see it as life as it is, and this is a very very Haredi um, perspective. We just see life as a practical thing. We always do what's practical. Like if now it's practical to go out and work and become successful and provide to my family and bring money and whatever. So that's the right thing to do. We don't see it as a value that we took from the secular world because also we do it very differently. Like if you go talk to, to Haredi women, they can be so, so smart and like they're so successful and they work, I don't know, the engineering and, and programming and everything. But still like career, I don't want to speak on behalf of, all of them but like career most of the time was be in second place after husband and kids like it's never yeah, the it's same. also for secular women we never yeah. like but. um seek money for money mm-hmm. you seek money to have a healthy home to be able to provide your kids like mental and physical wellness like that's the reason you want to have money you want to have money that you could have good life and and you could give tzedakah and you could do tons of like chesed uh, I think that's true also for most secular people, you know. It might be true, but it's not necessary. They want to take care of their children, their grandchildren. That's like the, I think. So I think the word career, when it stands for itself, it has a lot of meaning in the secular world. It doesn't really have so much meaning in our world. But for you personally? I think it has a meaning for me, but it's because I'm influenced. I think that's one of the proofs I was influenced. Mm-hmm. Like to, to see career for just being successful for the sake of being successful, it's a very empty thing. Self-worshipping. Pardon? Self-worshipping, in a sense. It's like we live a life of like, I hope it doesn't sound like that. I come from like, no, I, no, no. I look down on, on something. Not, no, no. The, not the point, yeah? But like, we were raised in like, Life is like, it's very short. Yeah, you live it, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 years, and then you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, it's like a train <laughs> journey. I don't know, something like that. So, so everything, also I have this question when I, I, I am like um, working and, and Baruch Hashem successful, but like I have those thoughts all the time. Am I doing it for the right like for the right purpose and am, am i using my power in in journalism to really do good like i have this conscious all the time i'm sure that's not necessarily only only religious yeah maybe many secular people have 
I mean, we don't own the values in the world. Yes, yeah, secular people have many values. Um, but like that's, that's the whole point. And I think when it comes to marriage, it's exactly the same because when we want to get married, obviously we want to be loved and we want to marry someone that, that um, we're attracted to and we love them and, and we have fun being together. But like the perspective is more of like someone I can build a business with like someone I can build something very very I don't know holy and and successful spiritually mm -hmm. together so but didn't you find yourself because you as you say life is a train with and the the, the final stop is always up ahead yes um, and and then I, I just can't can't forget what you said about fun about for us it's fun but fun is I, I feel is a very very important part of life um, and I wonder if you never mourned about the lack of fun you know from being with guys to eating amazing food abroad which to me I think it's the one of the you know one of the most basic pleasures of life so you never mourned about that it's funny you know a lot of secular people ask me about the food abroad. I I never had that in mind. I don't I I don't know why. I, I don't know how to explain that. But like, sorry. Like, imagine you would I don't know you would be vegetarian and like people could come over to you and say like, oh you're missing this meat and like this country. But like you don't you don't want. Yeah, but that. you tried. You tried you, it, right? You tried. First of all, it. I can always try. I can always try like I'm allowed the same way as you're allowed I mean everything you do I think you're not allowed to do but mm -hmm. I could I could have tried same way as you you have the freedom of will every day every day it's a new day like every minute you could do something you've never done before and many 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 Haredi people try to do things they've never done before and when I'm saying they try it's not necessarily something that's not allowed in the Torah but like maybe something that's not common like I don't know, go, go to the movies, yeah? I don't know. I, I tried having smartphone, whatever. I mean, so some of them that live in a very, very extreme community, they would have to hide it. But it doesn't mean you can't have it and try. I don't know, go on internet, try, see movies, go do whatever you want, yeah? And I If have... If you're a Hasidic, it's a problem. It is a problem. It depends. It depends. Now, these days, there's so many very modern Hasidic people and like very modern Hasidic um, communities. So mm -hmm. yeah, but it doesn't mean you can't try. Sometimes you're going to have to hide. I mean, if you want to, if you, you can also leave your community and become like a part of a more open community. A lot of us do that. I don't go in this exact same way that my parents go. Like I found my way and we're seven siblings. And I think every one of us have like, a specific way we are similar maybe if you Is look it? from the outside we're gonna look the same but we're not the same are any of your siblings uh secular no none of them i see so i feel like yeah sorry no everybody stayed in the community that's i feel like i was thinking about it as it but i thought. wouldn't i wouldn't say they stayed in the community by the way they're not oh, okay. secular they stayed in they're the not necessarily the broad in the community. sense of the religious community maybe in a very like Haredi on headlines they're not in they're not, uh, not religious zionist or kippah 
They're on the I spectrum. can't say some of them are still young, still figuring it out. I'm not but sure they're going to ill. Speaking. I'm not sure the seven of us are going to end up Haredi like my parents. But no. in general, I feel, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, that if you're Hasidi, you're more prone to leave religious religion completely and become a secular because, because it's, so of the, it's so strict. And yeah. when you come from a Litvish... Uh, Litvish. Litvish then it's because it's more you have always the choice it's more likely you would end up to choose to stay in the community that's that's one perspective of life um some other people might say that dafka because i grew up in a more open community that got me confused and like made me i don't know open more open and if i would ra- be raised like hasidish i would never like open I don't know. I don't think there are rules mm-hmm. like for life. But you have friends who became secular? I have many friends who became... Mm-hmm. Not many, but like, yeah. I have friends who became secular. And what, what I can never understand reaction? them. You can never understand them? Never. Why? Are you still because you were talking about fun. Yeah. You don't know how much fun the religion is. I mean, secular people don't have the fun on Purim. And believe me, I tried. <laughs> I went to Tel Aviv parties on Purim. And mm-hmm. I was at Purim house, like at my parents' house. There's nothing, nothing happier than that. Nothing, nothing yeah. above that. I, I can't even explain. There's something, and I figured it out when I grew up, that um, my only way to experience something that it's complete and that it's whole, if there is an aspect of, of, of some spiritual like experience in it. I mean... I mean, okay, I'm not a holy person, okay? I go to a restaurant, the food is good, it's nice. But like when it's a when it's a, a holiday meal, like you have the entire family together, I mean, you could agree on that, yeah? Yeah, The course. food is better, everything is better. Of course. And you have so much fun. I mean, we don't define it as fun, but like you have so much fun. And I, oh, I just give you another example. I just got married, yeah? A lot of secular friends of mine came to the wedding. I have friends who are boys, yeah? They were in the boys' like area. They didn't even see me. Few of them didn't even get to say hi to me. They sent me messages after my wedding that it was the happiest wedding they've ever been to. But it's more than that. I mean, that's amazing. And they but were it... dancing till two o'clock at night yeah. to the Hasidish music. And it was something I can't be. I'm not objective. It was my wedding, yeah. But it was. It's not my only wedding that I'm talking about. It's not the only wedding. It's. It's so happy. I can't even... It's something so holy and so sweet and, 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 and true. Also, like I, I think there's like a sense of community on steroids in the Haredi. And in just general, the religious... Like it, a wedding, for example, you have the Sheva Brachot. It's like you don't have that in the secular community. And you have seven days of like wedding. So you have the wedding, which is the... Like, amazing. And then every and then night, you, every you meet night friends from different, days. and like every mm-hmm. night of the Sheva Brachot, someone else is doing the Sheva Brachot for you. So cousins from this side, and then cousins from that side, and like, I don't know what, I'll give you another example. I was very independent. Like I left my parents' house like three years ago. I was 26. I used to live alone, like everything. And I'm, I had quite a secular life, but I was keeping Torah Mitzvot. Like I had a very secular culture, but like keeping Torah Mitzvot. And then I got married and like there's the culture that the young couple, they shouldn't like have to make Shabbat every Shabbat alone. So I'm invited 
like one Shabbat to my parents, one Shabbat to his parents, one Shabbat to my parents, one to his. And like, you are so protected, like so um, safe mm-hmm. that I, I think that some people, I don't, I, I think also like uh, experiments say that. I mean, it's not only me that say that. I think we're happier people in a very general way. Like it's, it's a very, very general thing to say. But like Bnei Brak, Bnei Brak is the happiest is the happiest city. Could be. It's I... not me who say that. So I'm saying when you talk to me about fun, yeah, it's one aspect of fun, but who said fun is, I mean, to most of my friends, sitting at a bar drinking beer with guys around is the opposite of fun. Like they, they don't find themselves there. Mm-hmm. And I think that in general people, like secular people, they really like to look at us and say, oh, they miss so much. But like, you, they they tend to forget how close we are, how close Bnei Brak and Tel Aviv is. Like, I could just take a bus. I used to live in Bnei Brak. I just took a bus and I was in Tel Aviv. And I could try everything. And let's say, example, Baruch Hashem, I've never done that. But like, if I want to go to um, to a beach, mm-hmm. I don't know, with, with a bikini, I could have done that. Yeah. yeah, but you wouldn't. Why? Because because it's because my choice. It's your, it's your belief. But, but it's but, an everyday's choice. But for example, nobody would recognize me. I mean, I for me it's dangerous because people yeah. know me. But like, if you're, you could have, but you didn't. A lot of girls did. Yeah, but for example, I'm thinking like traveling the world is very hard. I'm not talking about the capitals with Jewish restaurants and stuff like that. But like. Doing a road trip in Scandinavia, it, it's borderline impossible for Haredi. First of all, we don't go there. Exactly. I'm saying, like, you know, it's it's a very it's a very um, narrow lifestyle in that sense. You know, like I I cultures. honestly don't think you could use the word narrow when it comes to choice. You, but you cho- narrow meaning you can't see or you don't know but like if i want to go to scandinavia i i could do that but scandinavian I mean, road trip that's the that's the <laughs> choice you made for, saying. To, so as the representation <laughs> of fun fine so you are not, Thailand, you are Australia not road believe, trip. the more modern <laughs> yeah. the world gets the more like kosher road trips you have and everything this is really like mm-hmm. this is growing all the time but even if you don't have something that's like kosher i mean me and my family we went to austria for, like and we wanted to take we wanted to go to a place that like nobody goes there and like not many people we went to a very very quiet place we brought like maybe three suitcases with food from from israel we stayed in austria for two weeks and we just cooked there yeah you need to wow. stay in one place but and it's you n- can't do a road trip for them. Why? Then you cook for three days and you take with you with boxes things that are good for yeah. three days or you take a fire with you. I don't know. I think maybe, yeah, maybe if you're religious and you do that, you have to de- you have to be a bit less spoiled. But like nothing is impossible, really. I want, I want to, but to me, it seems like you're a bit more cosmopolitan than like the average, like you could be like, the Sarah Jessica Parker of like, uh, you know, the no sex in the city. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're not the average. So, like, do you feel like, like, for ghoul or Hasidic, the other sects of, uh, 
like is it the same like is it that that sense of community do you really feel like they're having fun or because the conversation i was talking to you about that i had on shabbat was about the fact that these communities are controlled now it feels to me listening to you and talking about the lidfish community that maybe they're more by the oh, way, how big is the Litvish community? Very big, like maybe... 20% of the Haredi community? No, 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 way more, way more. 50 Close to 50, maybe. Wow, really? Maybe in Israel, we're talking, of course. Yeah, in Israel. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, in Israel. Okay, so 50% of the entire, including the Mizrahi? No. No. So yeah. I think you would have, oh. you would have maybe... 30, 30, 30? Something like that, maybe Litvish a bit more. Okay, so what I'm saying is, do you feel like the other... The other, let's leave the Mizrahi aside because okay. we all know Mizrahi know, like, know how to have fun. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but the 30% that's Hasidic and like uh, Ghul, do you feel like they're being controlled? That they're not that they don't have free will, no one's holding a gun to their head, but that they live in a very restrictive society where fun I think is... that you can't give one answer. And I think that we're intellectual enough and we know enough to understand that every family and every different Hasidic, Hasidut is, a, is just a different situation and to come and talk about the Haredi world that there's more than a million people of us and like yeah I felt a lot of freedom but maybe another girl with my class that went to school with me she didn't feel the same amount of freedom yeah but like no, but you're Litvish. I'm talking about the the. So some of them are with gun to their heads, and some of them are not. And I can't speak like you know on behalf of them. But also, I think that's the most important thing to understand that we can't talk about them as a, a one person. There are so many of us, and so many of them, because Hasidish are them to me. Yeah, almost same same way as they're them to you. We're very far and we disagree about so much, yeah? And I think that in the Haredi world, you find everything. Yeah, obviously you find people that feel, that live with a feeling that they have a gun to their heads. And like, obviously most of the, of the people don't, yeah? But I feel when you look at me and you say, oh, obviously you're so different. I'm not so different. I'm the only one you meet. I'm the only one you know. Like if you go to my school, and I had in my class 50 girls. I'm telling you, at least 20 girls out of them. You're going to have such a nice worldly conversation with them. And I feel that I'm quite confident to say that most of them live the, the, the religious life out of choice. And when you, not you, okay, it's also no nice of me to see the secular people as one person, yeah? But I get that feeling so much that secular people feel as they got it, like they know how... Uh, we how figured out life. You figured it out. And we, we do things because we grew up like that. But you chase money, whatever, because you grew up like that. And she chases um, fitness because she grew up like that. And she chases academy because she grew up. I don't know. You go to so many secular houses that the parents are so strict about going to the academy. And they have a guy who wants to do music. And they would never let him do music because he has to go and be a professor or whatever. And he feels like he has a gun to his head. Preach. 
<laughs> no, I, I, so I, I mean, feel like I, I'm on your side of this argument. Thank you. 100%. So I feel like it really depends so much on the type of parents you have. And if you have parents that l- know how to listen to you and like my parents, I describe them to you as like very worldly, open-minded people. If you would see them in the street, like they're the most extreme Jews you've ever seen. Like my, my father has this long beard and like black and white. Also, my husband is black and white, but like... It's hard to tell the difference. Very usually. hard. But mm-hmm. my parents, they weren't so open. They weren't so modern. They were just good parents. I mean, they listened to you. No, and come if on. you, if you came out place, like that, they were, they must have been. You think they've never fought with me for going to TV? What do you think? They were happy about it? No, but after two years, I've but done they, that. But they, 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 um, what's the word? Like implemented upon you, not there's a better Imprinted. word. Imprinted on you, values. Right, that 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 made you as you are. Just gonna so keep spinning. They wouldn't agree with though. what you said. I mean, I agree with you, but they wouldn't. They would say, "Mappy Tom, she went all opposite I than what we down, said. I think she down just they... went in such a different direction." But we love her because she's her daughter. That's what they would say. Mm-hmm. They never, never imagined they would have a daughter on TV. It's some. It's it's bemet, unpredictable. Bichlal. We don't have much time, but there's one question I have to ask you. Um, when you have uh, children, Bezat Hashem, and boys, would you like them to go to the army? Oh, just what I was thinking about. <laughs> just yeah. such yeah. a sensitive question for like five minutes we have. Um, <laughs> I'll try to be short. I think, first of all, the situation with the army is, is I don't know, we're going to have to figure it out one day. I don't, I don't see it keep going this way. But first of all, I want to say that the situation that it's an unfair situation has nothing to do with Haredi people because we never said to every mother, I don't know, you have to send your son to the army. I think Haredi people just believe that it should be like maybe United States, yeah? Okay, so you can ask whatever, how are we going to do this? But I think, I mean, if you go back to, to, the, to the Tanakh days, yeah, in the Navi, Am Israel had to fight their fights, their enemies. So it says very clear, like who goes to, to war and who stays. Whatever, there are many rules. Like if you're very old and you're ill, you stay home. If you just got married and you still don't have kids, I don't know, Shana, the first year or something, you stay home. So many reasons. All the rest, go. What do I mean to say, I don't think that we have a problem with, I don't know, fighting and going to the army. The problem is, and I think this goes back to what you asked me before, if I feel that the secular world has um, influence um, on me. And the answer is for sure, yes. So I'm saying I would want my kids to go to the army if, I, I don't know, I don't see this situation happening, but maybe yeah, I'm, it's going to be in 20 years. If the army is going to be built in a very, very um, religious way, yeah, mm-hmm. but like really, not like you say today, oh yeah, there's Netzach Yehuda. I know, personally, my friends the boy, who are boys went to the army. They went to the army in one way, they came out very different. Mm-hmm. All of them less religious, but like way less. You can't deny that. And if you ask me, if I want my kids to go to the army and come back secular, no. So I want them to stay in yeshiva. 
why would I want to send my kids to a place? All the yeshiva, has their yeshivas who go and become soldiers, they are mostly stay religious. Most of them, but it doesn't come from the Haredi world. It's a yeah. very different culture. The whole culture of the Tzionudatit is really something mm-hmm. else. They grow on also Torah ve'avodah, so learning Torah and providing your family. Haredi world is only in learning. It's a very, it's very okay. different hashkafot, a very different um, point of views on life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying the situation now, if I would have a 20-year-old um, boy to send to the army, I would be very scared. That's the truth. I mean, it's hard for me to say, but... I Ironic, after I, you, what you told us about yeah, your parents. I wouldn't want to send him, Bichlal. Um, and I knew if I would send him, I would uh, just be davening every day that Hashem will, I don't know, keep, keep, keep him safe and keep him religious. And like, it's Wait, very keep, hard That's today. funny. Keep mm-hmm. him safe from secularism or Both. keep them safe from the uh, <laughs> the real yes. dangers of army? Both. Okay. The, yeah. Being secular to some people is real dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's less dangerous than, you would prefer him to be secular than dead. I'm not sure. Really? I'm not, no, I'm not talking about me. Ah, okay. I, I mean, would prefer him alive yeah, anyway, but, but I'm not that big of a tzaddik. But like, yeah. if you go to a rav, like to a person who only sees like truth, I don't know what's the purpose of. You think the righteous looks, perspective might be the might it, be. I don't know because if you see life as the only meaning, the only reason we came here is because we have a plan and we have things to do here, and then we go back, and the, it's 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 one big um, purpose. Yeah, but if you're secular, so what's you the always purpose of being the, secular? Then because then you have the potential for tshuva. So I guess that that would be a good reason to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been a rabbi. rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm Lipish. I can adopt you to be my rabbi. <laughs> I, I accept. <laughs> so what's your dream? Oh, my dream is to have 10 kids. Mm-hmm. And At least. Continue. I don't think I could, uh, but <laughs> I got married quite late. Um, but my dream is to be happy and to raise 10 healthy um, happy, religious, successful kids and um, use journalism to really do good. I don't know if that's too naive, but like that's kind of a dream of mine. That's a good dream. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good dream. So uh, Fred Finkel, you're on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Tweeting in Hebrew mostly. Mostly. How can people reach out, find you? Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. um, WhatsApp. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, get yeah to, they get to get my number somehow. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Instagram. Okay. So you're on Instagram, yeah, Instagram too. Yes. Okay. So guys, uh, check out Fat Finkel on all uh, social media channels. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have questions, I don't know if somebody wants to talk to me. And so please reach out. Welcome. Okay. Do you do like lectures, talk, something like that? Yeah. Or, uh, you do? You do? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. You do like a website? But most, yeah. But I don't, I don't do it like, um, like just of mine like i do lectures when people invite me like i don't yeah, really yeah. Mm-hmm. oh so that's cool if you so, work at a high-tech company or something and yeah you guys i've never bring... done in english that was quite a, <laughs> a project but like yeah yeah a lot of people invite like to learn about the haredi world and the feminism in the haredi world and women and whatever journalism very cool so guys very if cool. you want to fight as a lecturer you can reach out and or get in touch with us if you don't yeah. find and we'll connect you thank you so much for coming thank you really so much for having enlightening. me enlightening thank you very much thank you really I fascinating so. bye guys see you on the next one see you next time <laughs> <laughs>